It's time to be heard. It's time to stand up and be counted. It's time for One Too Many Voices with your host, Love Scopes author, and father of all things One Too, Mark Husson. Hi, everybody, and welcome to One Too Many Voices, a very, very special edition of One Too Many Voices because we're not going to have one too many voices. We're going to have one to one voice because I have a very special guest that I'm going to talk to about what he knows. And I'm telling you, he knows a lot. So I'm only going to take one little tiny section because I believe this guy needs help getting this information out. And I'm going to pull it out from him because he has too much knowledge. Is that possible? I wonder. But I want you all to welcome, because I know you know him, um, and embrace my guest, Mo Abdelbaki. Mo, are you with me? I'm right here. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Mo, how do you get to know so much? What is that? You just read, 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 read. Are you? Let me ask you: Would I'm, you be a star of the Big Bang Theory if it were in in your teens? I was a lot like that. You were. Um, I was like that. I took things very literally. I I actually had a friend who was from India, right? Yeah. And when I was a senior in high school, he was uh, he was a junior. No, he was actually was getting rid of. He was fourteen years old and in high school. He won the international science fair. Uh, he went down there and and he. They gave him second place. He called them idiots, challenged them. They had a three-hour thing where he tried to explain it to them. They couldn't figure out. They gave him first place. That's the type of guys I hung out with. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's amazing. So is it a life of like – so would you have called yourself a nerd? I want people to get a picture of you. Like were you a pocket person? Did you have pocket pins? I I had a pocket protector. Pocket protector? In junior high school. Filled with pens. I had the big four-color pen. I had I had a slide rule. Even though I'm a terrible mathematician, this guy was a mathematician. And you see, I used to I used to really torment him because I was older. So you give the kid a 14-year-old. I shouldn't admit this, but you give a 14-year-old a Playboy magazine. He can't play chess very well. Oh, so I would beat him. Brilliant. It <laughs> was the only way I could beat him. <laughs> that is amazing. Now, what were did you have? Like you have people who know you see they pretty much see your beard. That's like sort of your trademark. What was your hair like? Curly, frizzy, um, wild, funny looking, wild. People made fun of my hair all the time. Um, and I, like I said, I had the high water pants. Glasses were expensive. I broke my glasses. They had tape and pins holding them <laughs> no, together. They didn't. The glasses I swear were to God. That I have pictures so... of that. I have pictures of, of Mo the nerd. And, um, I was just that. Oh, I was a my God. Nerd. But you yeah. love knowledge, right? Doesn't nerdiness come from a love of knowledge? Is that what, what was your experience on the inside of that? Is that just, you happen to be smart? I didn't even think of myself. I never thought of myself as smart ever um, because I had to stand in the shadow of my dad, who was this brilliant scholar, you know, world renowned, all that crap. And well, no, I mean, in a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I didn't excel in school because it, it, it kind of it didn't bore me as much as I just wasn't good at math and and teachers got on my nerves so I wouldn't work for them. You know what I mean? Yes. You just you think I don't like this guy. Why should I do what he wants me to do or she? And so I thought I was stupid. Um, I also studied things that no one else cared about at all, like wow. Tarot. You know, I remember when I bought my first tarot book, uh, Bob Pappas's uh, uh, Tarot of the Bohemians. You you know the book, I right? I do, the, yeah. 
that was the first book I bought on Tarot, and I was so excited, and everyone thought I was just a dip. <laughs> That's what they called me. Now, you, you were know. doing this in what grade, Mo? Um, sixth or seventh. So, so you were starting to study the Tarot in sixth or seventh grade. It wasn't right. – what like, was that even allowed? No. Well, I, I had studied in the library when I was 10 years old um, – because you couldn't use the adult library, supposedly, or check books out until you were in the sixth grade, the summer of going into the sixth grade. So I would go into the the, um, the occult section of our public library, and I would sit there and look through books on ghosts and seances and tarot and magic and, and all this stuff. And one of the librarians came up to me one day and said, you're an odd little boy, she said, and uh, you shouldn't be looking at these things. And do your parents know? I said, Sure. They're okay with it. <laughs> and she gave me a letter to take home to my parents to have signed before I could be, do that anymore. So wow. I did what any kid my age would do, and I forged the signature. <laughs> so because they yeah, wouldn't Yeah, like I really. Remember. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was really – I mean I, I stumbled upon it and was – I'd always been interested in these things, but that just turned me on so much. That you know? is just a remarkable moment. It, it does keep you sort of outside the fray of mainstream. I mean so and, – and just as a testament to Western astrology – the from a psychological perspective, being a Taurus, many many Tauruses say they felt dumb, they felt slow to learn because they the way they learned was different, and and the the necessary components had to be put together for them to embrace it. I just want to shout out because Mo is is a, a tried and true Vedic astrologer. He uses a different system, which we're not going to get into. But just so people who know that about you can also know that the Western has validity. Those two can do a dance together, keeping yeah. parallel. Now, Mo, we're here. I wanted to talk to you today about the I Ching. And, and I hope to create a series with you where it is a one-on-one -on -one talk with you to pull a little bit of these components out because of course we we can't learn everything you know but if i can isolate some of the things you know and and encourage you to teach on them i think it'll get a lot more people interested because you don't just understand topics you devour them and then you spit them out and then they are a new thing that that has an understanding that i don't think anyone's ever heard of now i ran a metaphysical store for 25 years and when mo walked in the door and he was really kind of bohemian it was really fun to meet him and he was the most refreshing piece of uh history standing in front of me because everyone else just seems so cliche but mo was always outside the fray of that and so you you embrace uh, the I Ching right in front of us. Now, as a psych psychological um, psychology major, um, I loved th that Carl Jung got involved in the I Ching, at least wrote the introductory book. But I watched you mm -hmm. take that information and go miles beyond. So I have some questions for you. Number one, why the I Ching? First of all, I guess before we say I Ching, can you tell people listening who've never even, what are they saying? Is this Chinese art of writing? What the hell is I Ching? I Ching, it basically means um, the book of changes or book of classics because it's a series of principles that are the, the basic foundation of the entire Chinese culture. Wow. Um, it's the only book to survive, one of the only books to survive uh, the um, burnings by the first Chinese emperor, you know, when he, when he killed all the scholars and burned all the books, they say, no, you can't do it to this book because this is, we need this. 
Wow. It's the foundation of feng shui. It's the foundation of Chinese medicine. It's the foundation of so many, including acupuncture, the concept of qi or qi or whatever you call it. Um, I, I, uh, it's, it's, it is, without a doubt, one of the most important books I think ever written for mankind. It's Whoa, remarkable, amazing. Now, those of you listening, there is um, the I Ching is spelled with an I, I dash C H I N G. For it's probably very Americanized. I'm sure they probably say E Ying or something. But yeah. I think the um, our original use, we used to use it sort of mildly as an explanation, as an oracle, like what's going on right now, or what do I need to know, or why am I feeling so blocked? And we would take these little coins and throw them and draw these little diagrams, right. which we're going to get into. But you took it somewhere else that sort of shocked me. You took it into prognostication. You took it into like depths that I never knew it could go, like looking into the future. So let's get into that evolution. You decided that you were going to conquer I Ching as one of the many things that right. I watched you conquer. And so what were some of the revelations that you – what first took you there, Mo? Why, why the I Ching? I was I was kind of I happened upon it actually in my junior high school library. It was there. I'd gotten in trouble. I was being forced to um, uh, literally. Uh, it's a kind of a crazy story. I got in a lot of trouble. The the gym teacher dragged me into the library for mocking him, which was exactly what I was doing. I didn't realize <laughs> it, but I was. He slammed me down in front of a a bookshelf because he was looking for it, and on it were Bibles. Right? Wow. Uh, books of Bibles and scripture. And this was in junior high. And he sat me down right in front of it. And he said, Now I want you to take one of these books and I want you to read it. And I want you to think about, you know, who you are and what you're about. And unbeknownst to him, there was a, the I Ching was there. Um, and I don't think he anticipated that. So that was the book I chose. You're kidding. And when he, no, and when he came back, he was very angry, but I said it was right here, which it was, and the, the librarian was on my side. He said, we just got that in, uh, you know, and so I didn't understand it at all. You know, I was like 13, 14 years old. What do you, you know, 1968, yeah. I had no idea. But it intrigued me, and so I would, I would check it out of that library, and then I would check it out of the public library because I didn't have any money to buy the book. You know, wow. I actually didn't buy my own copy of the I Ching until I was married and had a couple of kids. And I bought it for myself for my birthday. That was my first copy. And I had to have been in my 30s. Um, did you buy the classic Wilhelm Baines? I did buy the classic, the, the Wilhelm Reich, which was Wilhelm Reich, not Wilhelm Reich, uh, <laughs> Wilhelm Baines. <laughs> Those, that's a completely different story. See what story. happens when you know yeah. too much, Mo? I'm telling you, go ahead. <laughs> but... Um, and it wasn't really until we began working on it together as a group at the 12th house that I got really, really into it. Yes. I, can I just say one thing? Yes. God bless you. You absolutely <laughs> gave me the, the freedom yeah. to do whatever I wanted. I had never felt such appreciation for just, you want to read this? Read it. Do it. Tell us about it. It was, and I thank you forever for that. That was oh, so great. I'm no fool. I'm like, you're going to make me smarter by reading that <laughs> stuff. I'm running a store here. So it was so, very motivated. Go ahead. Well, what really, 
got to me were some of the oracles that were coming out at the time. For example, the Ralph Bloom runes, which you remember I used to stomp yes. and you know scream about um, <laughs> because he, he didn't study the runes. And I had just barely studied. And then I got into Guido von List. I don't know if you remember you ordered that book for me because I wanted it, you know, yeah, and yeah, yeah. really strange book on runes. And for me, any divination tool must reflect the universe or it's it's not going to work for me. And so when the I Ching came along, it worked very well. We were all just astounded by it. But I needed to know why. Because that's that's that kind of nags at me. I think, yeah. okay, why does this work? What's this about? For it not, it's not enough to say, okay, I understand why the the uh, hexagram con can represent a, a wagon. It does represent a wagon. It represents ears. The question is why? Mm-hmm. And why does it why does it reside in the north? And why does it reside in the west? And you know, I mean all these different questions. And when you really kind of get into it, you realize that it is completely brilliant. And it describes everything we know. And how many things really, Tarot does that, astrology does that. The ones that have lasted as long as they've lasted really do that. Yes, I agree. And you know what's so funny is uh, when the runes came out, because they were so, um, and this is R-U-N-E-S for the people listening, and Mo is referencing the Ralph Blum books, B-L-U-M, he came out with this really pretty package in this red box and this bag and and. You know, Mo was always the one that I would turn to and say, this is awfully pretty. In my head, I'm thinking Mo is going to either knock it or love it. And as usual, he's like, they don't know a thing about the <laughs> It's like, yes. <laughs> and so I would always feel safe with that. So I do appreciate that a lot. Now, in the I Ching, he mentioned the word also hexagram. And so um, we got to like really l- try to understand this concept. First of all, we're, we're going to break down this book for you guys generally. But can I ask Mo, is it this could segue into a class sometime, right, for you? I, I, I think it probably should. Oh, yeah, I do too. I, Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's, it's one of the most – to me, it is – I always call it my Uncle Yi, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's gentle – it's easy. Uh, Tarot yells at me. Tarot screams my name and, and yells at me and tells me what an idiot I am uh, because I should know better than to ask some of the questions I do, I suppose, uh, for myself. <laughs> but the I Ching is always, hmm, you know, Mo, if you want to do it right, do it this way. Otherwise, you may have some remorse. And that's the I Ching. Oh, so for me, it is a wonderful tool, and it's gentle and loving and forgiving. And everyone, in my opinion, should try it at least once. So then here's the thing. As a conclusion to what the I Ching can do, can can we summarize it as something that we could look at for gentle advice about anything in the world that you could possibly imagine, or is it really limited? What would how would you summarize it? And then we're going to go into the details. It can tell you anything you want to know, and will tell you anything you want to know if you take the time to learn how to read it, because there is a there is a knack to reading the I Ching. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you also are willing to listen to it, because it is extremely wise. Okay, that's beautiful. If that isn't a compelling ad for a class, I don't know what it is. Because this to me is like, it's just a beautiful art. Now, 
the I Ching is a book, and I'm going to like say the intro to what I'm about to to tell the public, and then Mo, we're going to have you deep in it. The I Ching is a book, and when you open this book, the the main book uh, is uh, the uh, Book of Changes, the I Ching Book of Changes by Wilhelm Slash Baines, two people, and Carl Jung writes the introduction to it, and inside of it is this little thing you pull out, a piece of paper that has. I think, is it 64, Mo? 64 designs? Yes, it is. 64. Okay. There's mm-hmm. 64 lines of little designs that you all will recognize if you do any feng shui or know any sort of Japanese art. They're horizontal lines. Some are broken and some are solid. And they have numbers to them. And then on into the book are these chapters matching those numbers with some very seemingly on the surface obscure words and language. So that's the book you buy. So that's why Mo, I think, is saying... You don't just throw, should I date this person? And you throw, you know, do this thing. You have to, there's an art to it and there's a way we get to it. So we're going to find out first, Mo, how do we enter this book? Um, meaning uh, you don't just read it. Would you start with the coins or what are some of the techniques, the generic techniques, if somebody had never heard the word I Ching that we would use to get into this? There are two basic ways, well, mechanical ways, let me put it that way, yes. to use the I Ching. And that is, number one, of course, the most popular is tossing of the coins, three coins, to receive either a yin or a yang line. There are variations on this, yin being the broken line, and then yang being the uh, the solid line. And we have to right away say that when we say male and female or positive and negative, we are not dealing with the concept of judgment. We're saying passive and active. Yang is active. Yin is considered passive. And I know I'm pronouncing them wrong, but, you know, it's supposed to be yang and, you know. Yin, Americanize it. It's good. I, I think it helps us because we could, that's how it's spelled for us and it's, it's useful. So the the I Ching, the book one is called the text. I always say to people, start with book one, the text. Forget about, you know, the treatise the and, and forget about that and forget about the commentaries on the text in the back because that's for later. Um, that was written by the Confucian scholars, perhaps Confucius himself, who did commentary on why these were because no one knows why the I Ching is these hexagrams. And a hexagram is a series of six of these lines. And the way that works is you have a positive yin or you have a, or a possibility of a yin or a yang line, and there are six lines, so it becomes uh, two to the sixth, and that's, that's how they figure that out, and you have 64 possibilities. So what that means is that you have 64 different combinations of these yin and yang lines of six lines, and that's all there is. And those 64 lines become models of everything we know. Now, on top of that, there are each one of these lines can either be moving, which means it changes to the other one. I'm getting a little too far ahead. But the point is each line can also be read. So we have 384 lines. It sounds daunting, but it's actually very easy and they make it easy. It's just in learning how to do it. That's right. Now, what's beautiful about what you were talking about right there is when the difference between to me the tarot and astrology and numerology or any of the oracles that people are using this one seems very tactile this one you get involved in like for example if you guys can imagine and mo do, do, can they be any three equal sized coins 
that have a front and a back? Yes. Okay. Does it even have to be equal sized, really? Really? Okay. Because I, I, yeah. I, I don't think so. That makes sense. No, that does. But I like that because I feel like they have an equal chance of falling right, for myself. Exactly. So I have three nickels in front of me. And what I would do, you guys, you get a visual of this, and I would hold a question, a very probably uh, an important question because the I Ching is a, is a, to me you're coming into this this temple and you're sort of like you don't want to just go should I make that phone call <laughs> you want you want it to be a process that's worth your time but hold the concern that you're having in your head now Mo anything I'm saying that might be wrong uh, just jump in but I've got these three coins and I would put them in my hands and I would shake them and I'm I mm-hmm. would shake them into, I'm shaking them in the microphone if they can hear and I would throw them on the table now that would right. be considered a one uh, that would give me having thrown those one of those six lines that you were talking about, because exactly. the way these the way these coins fall and Mo teaches you this, you will be able to picture whether it was a solid line or a broken line, and you will draw it and you will do that six times. And now at the end of your sixth throw, you have this little box looking thing. All the lines are kind of you know uh, equal in length. So when you do six stacking lines from the bottom up, you get a design called a hexagram. And we would run to the book and look it up. Now, Mo, here's the beauty to me that, that makes it most um, amazing is it's it seems at first that they're they're very cryptic when you're looking up right. your answer, right? right? The greater man, you do you have one in the top of your head? Like, what's a, a typical let me tell phrase? you what happened? Yeah. I I believe in using the book sometimes just as a as a you know oracle, um, a bibliomantic oracle. Yeah. So I just opened it up about you know the best way to instruct on this. Yeah. Guess what I got? What? I got this. Uh, sixth and the fifth place means childlike folly brings good fortune. Now, here's the commentary by Wilhelm. It says, An inexperienced person who seeks instruction in a childlike and unassuming way is on the right path. For the man devoid of arrogance who subordinates himself to his teacher will certainly be helped. Ah. Wow. Amazing. Now, that's what we're talking about. How do you approach the I Ching? You approach it with... Humility and innocence, and you don't prejudge it. And and if you do that, if you allow yourself to be, let's say, submissive to it by learning it, it it rewards you for the rest of your life. You will be helped. So that's 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 it's cryptic, but you begin to get the hang of how it speaks to you. And and I do have a very specific way that I approach it. Now, Mo, do you? um, And I want to know what that way is. The there, I want to just give people a general idea because this is going to whet a lot of appetites. Um, the book that is your favorite, because you are very picky about your books. There's a lot of right. books out there on the I Ching. Um, they, the Western version for the modern man, I think they have one. They have the workbook by uh, Wang has a, a workbook out, the illustrated I Ching. Do you recommend that everyone start with the Wilhelm Baines or do you think there's a couple out I there do. that are okay? Okay. Let me let me tell you why. Okay. Before this, there was a fellow by the name of I believe his name was John Legg. He was British, and he wrote an I Ching book that is not bad, but it's not great. But it was the first book in English on the subject. Now Wilhelm was a German missionary who went to China, and um, uh, Richard Wilhelm, and he he talked to these Taoist monks, and he became infatuated with the I Ching and became, without a doubt, the greatest I Ching scholar of his time. Uh, Even Crowley used his translation for his own 
you know, uh, work. So this book is a masterpiece. Carrie F. Baines uh, was British and a translator. She translated it from the German into the English. So what we have is not just a commentary, and there are a lot of books on the I Ching that are okay. I, I, I say okay, they're good, but why not go to the original source? You know, the one that absolutely is the font of of wisdom. That's right. Um, I just think that that makes so much sense. There are other books that came after, for example, another book. Oh, my goodness, what was his name? I have the book. Uh, He was a Chinese scholar. He was a Confucian, and he wrote the I Ching, and he comments on a lot of it. But this, this book, the Wilhelm Baines book, is really the only book you need if you if you if you learn how to use it, it, you'll never need anything else. Wow. Now, do you know how Carl Jung got involved in all mode? Was that a story in itself, or was it just uh, because of his symbolism? Fetish? I believe Jung and Wilhelm were friends. Oh, and, my gosh. I, yeah, talk about synchronicity. And Jung tells that wonderful story about how he almost got shot, you yes. know, in a hotel room. Yes. Um, but it, and it was synchronistic that he didn't. And he became a huge fan of the I Ching. Of course, he was interested in mystical things anyway, uh, something that Freud was not very fond of. But so they, I believe, I, I actually read that story about Jung and Wilhelm and, and how they were great buddies. Um, oh, and yeah, he, he actually, I think, volunteered to write the, uh, the foreword to the book because he believed in it so much. Hey, Mo, let's take a short break. And when we come back, let's actually toss the coins. This is Mark Husson. This is One Too Many Voices. And we will be right back. Mark and his guests will be right back after this short intermission. I got an email yesterday, and this is what it said. I went to one to listen, but I did not see your head. I'd really like to talk to you. My life's a bit ajar. Can it be done? What can I do? And I wonder where you are. Why, thank you for your email. And I'm so glad you asked. I may be at the grocery store or riding in my car. I may be milking yaks and goats or swinging on a star. But if you need to reach me while I'm dancing with a mule, click on Search for Advisor by Name, then click on the picture, then you can schedule. You can schedule an appointment with any of the one to listen advisors. We'll get back to you and let you know if it works. Eventually we'll find a time and I need to get back. It's the mule's turn to lead. See ya. Come in, Francis. Meanwhile, at the one two recording studio for the new commercial for Heart Lounge. Heart. Lounge. Chair. Seriously? Heart Lounge, where we get it right the first time. Every Saturday, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, with your host, Oliver Gutham Svensson, here on 1-2 Radio, changing the way you listen to the world. Meanwhile, at the 1-2 Recording Studio for the new commercial for Heart Lounge. I'm Batman. I flew in for Heart Lounge. Because I heard it's good. But where are they? Christian, get out of here. Where are the people? Christian, get out of here. Heart Lounge, where we get it right the first time. Every Saturday, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, with your host, Oliver Gutham Svensson, here on 1-2 Radio, changing the way you listen to the world. 
This is C.A. with A Course in Miracles Daily Lessons. Well, we're moving right along, and soon we will have completed a hundred of the lessons from A Course in Miracles workbook for students. It's amazing what we can accomplish one day at a time. For many of us, reading the lessons and listening to The Daily Show on One Do Radio, well, it's become quite the habit, a positive routine. I brew a cup of tea, tune into One Two Radio, and then I sign into the One Two Radio fan page on Facebook to meet with others who are also working through the lessons. Yep, it's getting to be quite the habit with me. Thanks for listening to A Course in Miracles Daily Lessons on One Two Radio, where we are changing the way we think about the world. Oh, I can't break away. I must have you every day. time of magic. Oh yes, Merlin's magic and ancient stones. What? No, not those kind of stones. I mean Stonehenge, Avebury, Glastonbury, Tintagel, Merlin's Cave. Come and find out more about being on the Merlin's Magic and Ancient Stones Tour with Val Camosi and me, Erica Longdon. Friday at 8 Pacific on 1-2 Radio. Hello, hello, my name is Mo, and I'm on one to radio. My show is called Out of Most Mind. You may be wondering how to find me. I used to be on Monday night, then moved to Friday with you like I had a year. Move again, and since you asked, I'll tell you when. I'm on Wednesday, 9 a.m. Pacific time. I'm on Wednesday, I'll bet you wish I were a mime. I'm on Wednesday, listen each and every week. I'm on Wednesday, on metaphysics, I shall speak. Now I'm gonna dance. Wednesday, 9 a.m. I don't know it's mine. Wednesday. Dancing. Kick higher, higher. Oh, whoops. Oh, oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. Out of Mo's Mind is now on Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. Pacific. Uh, Still the same show. 1-2 Radio, changing the way we see and think about the world. Hi, this is Erica Longdon, healer and psychic from One Two Listen. Can you have too much of a good thing? Never. One too many voices, never enough time with Mark Husson on One Two Radio. And you're listening to One Two Radio, changing the way we, changing the way we listen to the world. If you'd like to be a guest on a panel, drop a note to voices at 12radio.com. And now, here's Mark. Well, the, the forward, if you're a Carl Jung fan at all, the forward is absolutely edible. I mean, it is so wonderful because yeah. he talks about also that he said one, th- he, I think either he gave the example or he uh, was, it actually happened to him where he's like, so should I, an example like, I'm paraphrasing, should I leave this relationship or something? And it was like, get out now, right? The Yi said, leave now. Right. But it was because the place was on fire. You know, right. the place where he was was on fire. Like it was that real time. And so he's talking a lot about like to be able to, to encompass the gestalt, the whole picture of your life when you're sitting with the I And I think that's what makes it so open to us. Are there some things that you feel 
are better brought to the I Ching than, than maybe the Tarot? Or what do you think about that in terms of where it stands as an oracle? It is – well, I don't – that's a good question because I, I use Tarot every day of my life. Um, but the I Ching is contemplative, but it can also be get out now. It will tell you – see, it's called the Book of Changes. So what that means is – Asking a yes or no question may not be very satisfying to you mm-hmm. with the I Ching. You want to say instead of, should I leave this relationship, what will be the benefits if I stay in this relationship? Uh, or what will be the benefits if I leave the relationship? And it will tell you in no uncertain terms, if you stay, this will happen. Uh, see, and so it does give definitive things, but it's more when you discovered that, I remember you had given me, we were, we were grabbing coins and throwing them six times and drawing the things. And, um, and you, in the class that you're going to teach, I, I'm, I'm now convinced you're going to teach it. it. We are that class. You'll talk about the, the variations of the, to, of the toss and what happens right. in the toss. Cause there, it, there, it does lend itself to, to not just a, a yes or no answer. You're right. So, but you had discovered that there was something in that, that you could also go, like you were convinced beyond a shadow. It out. And you know how, Mo, when you talk like that, it's compelling because you go, I am convinced without a shadow of a doubt that, I, that you can ask any question about the future, any outcome you want, and you will get it. And I never yes. forgot that. And you still believe oh, that, yes. right? Absolutely. I have this thing, this oracle has blown my socks off um, with surprise and, and joy because it is so clear. There is no ambiguity. It tells you in, and it's never, ever wrong. Oh, my God. And that becomes the thing about it. I have never had it be wrong. It tells you exactly what's going to happen. Um, and there's not there's not much, I mean, you can't really misread it once you learn its language. Um, go ahead. Do you have a, <laughs> you're so good. This mic is so good. It hears me yeah. stopping my, my mouth. You um, <laughs> have a... Um, do you did you ever write down a companion companion notes for it? I mean, is there uh, have you thought about doing that, like a companion study guide for it? That because that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. I used to keep a journal of my um, of my oracles. You know, so for example, I had one just for the I Ching. So I would I would ask the question. I would date when I when I'd asked it. I would put down the results, and then I would do um, the basic response of the I Ching, and then I would analyze it. And then later, I would come back and and write down whether it worked or not. And after a while, I said, oh, well, I don't have to do this anymore because it works. You oh, know? It's, that is so... See, I love that. And I'm thinking, too, that you... Like when I took, I've taken several of your your classes. I took a how to do tarot spreads class, which is the mm-hmm. most elaborate thing I think I've ever learned. It was so, I mean, people listening, I know this is going to sound like an infomercial for Mo. And part of it is not meant, most of it is not meant to be that. Part of it is because I think that there is a real importance in like, this is you remind me of this. My grandmother was a remarkable cook, and everybody loved her. They came from all over the world to taste her cooking. Seriously, she was amazing. She just cooked at home, but mm. she died. Nobody sat with her because she didn't have a, it written down in measurements. Nobody watched her. Nobody did it. And I always have this thing about knowledge leaving us because you have pioneered a ton of work. That's how serious. 
I see Mo's stuff. He he will take the time and he will dig and he will dig and he will dig until the ahas start prepping in. And you're still getting ahas over the Crowley Tarot. Oh, I mean, all I the mean, time. That people w- who are just out there writing the books on are – you realize how they're not even scratching the surface of what you've discovered. So that's why I want people to know. That's why I I want these interviews with Mo. I want them to understand that to capture some of that knowledge is really important. And um, – but you gave us tarot spreads to the degree that was like, wow, who ever thought of using the tarot that way? So I'm the part of this interview is to a encourage you to please continue teaching and teach on a very basic level. Don't you know, with all that, you know, come in with a fresh and light start because you, your knowledge is seeped in everything you say. And number two, I was wondering if we might throw for the people listening today <laughs> a live sure. throw and like I'll shake and tell you what. What I got, and you just you tell me what you you just tell them what you would do, right? Because absolutely, I'm the idiot here. First of all, yeah, God, thank you so much. Oh um, yeah, kind of got to me there. It's beautiful, <laughs> and uh, you're right about the keeping it simple. The other day, I did a lecture, the first lecture in a long time, and as I was walking the, out the door, my wife said, uh, "Mo, keep it simple." <laughs> so I, <laughs> well, you know, I think there's a thing that you've you walk through as a as a as a learned person. At first, you you want people to know you have a reason for your authority, and that's gent- that's people who are wise anyway. They have a humility because they don't want to just tell. Because there's a lot of people making stuff up. There's a lot of people who get out there. They had read a book and they're just doing the book. You're doing it. You're you're che- like I said. You're chewing this up and spitting out a completely different version that came from a lot of the other connections you make insights. Yours is truly original and you're also humble because I said you want people to know that the you know it's you earned this. So I want to show you why I know what I know or I tell you where I connected those dots. Well I'm thinking Throw all that away and just tell us what you know. They don't trust you now. Yeah, forget it. (laughs) So I got these coins in my hand, and I'm shaking them. I don't know if y'all can hear it. Okay, Okay, let's ask Hold a question. You tell me. Yeah. I think the question should be, um, let's see. What is the best way to embrace this oracle? How's that? Oh, I love it. Okay, you guys, I'm I'm shaking these. I have three nickels. I'm not. I'm telling you the truth. I'm shaking them here, and I'm going to throw them on the table and tell Mo what they look like. All right, I dropped them, and I have two heads and a tail. That's yin. Okay. Okay. And then I'm going to do it again. I'm shaking. I'm going to do this six times, everybody. And I'm tossing, and I've got two heads and a tail. That's another yin. Okay, and I'm shaking, and I'm dropping, and I've got two tails and a head. That's a yang. I'm shaking. Okay, and I've got two tails and a head. That's another yang. And that's four lines, right? Right. All right. So drop in, and we've got three tails. That's an old yin. Okay. (laughs) And they're spinning, and three heads. Three heads. That's old yang. So we got an old yin and an old yang. Now, you guys don't have to know what he means by that. But he just drew a line starting from the bottom up when he said yin. He drew a broken line, meaning there's Mm -hmm. a space in the center of it. And then that's what he was doing as I was talking. So for those keeping score at home, what we have is broken line, broken line, solid, solid, broken with a little X in between the broken lines, and then a solid line with a dot in it. That's old Yang. And I'm not going to explain what that means, right? Is that so? That's we'll right. just get right to the. Okay. You're looking at that. And so, I what can, we have, yeah. 
Well, the way we do this is we say, okay, we have two hexagrams or two trigrams as they're known, yes. right? Yes. And the and bottom the, three and these, the top three. So the bottom three lines and the right. top three lines. And he had to go to the book and look them up, like which, but he didn't because right. Mo knows them by heart. <laughs> <laughs> Those of us who don't, we go to the book mm-hmm. and we look at the, for the bottom three, the design, just like he right. said, and then you look for the top three. Go ahead. Sorry. So the bottom one is known as Gen, even though it's not spe- it's spelled like Ken. Okay. And, um, and so, and the top one is Lee. And so you go to your, your little fold-out gadgety, and every I Ching book has this, this thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, what we're going to do is go say, okay, we have the bottom one, which is Gen, or it says looks like Ken, and then Lee. And that is number 56, hexagram number 56. So what we do, and I, I'm going to just say something, and I don't mean this as some sort of self-aggrandizement, but I knew it would be that before you toss the coins, and I don't know how, why or how. <laughs> I'm a little, I'm a little perturbed by that because I shouldn't have known that, I you know. It. I know, because but you're I not thought it happens to be. Well, it, it happens to be um, one called the Traveler Lou. Let me get to the book here. So you knew it was going to come that because you actually thought this would probably be a good answer, right? That would be the answer that I would have. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and I didn't throw those coins, you see. I know. It's awesome. Let me get to it here in the Wilhelm book. And so we go to the, the first part, and we don't go to the second. It's called Lou the Wanderer. Now, here's what I do. You just start reading, and I read out loud. Why? Because you're being told this by the oracle. And it says here, the mountain gen stands still above it fire. And that's what the two hexagrams are. Lee flames up and does not tarry. Therefore, the two trigrams do not stay together. Strange lands and separation of the wanderer's lot. So right away, we have an image of to approach the I Ching, you have to leave comfort. Right? Wow. You have to. Yes. And it does not tarry. So then we read what's known as the judgment. The judgment tells you if you're asking, like, is something going to work out or not? And it's all, it's a little bit formulaic, but here it goes. The wanderer, success through smallness. Perseverance brings good fortune to the wanderer. And then we have the Wilhelm, and I always read Wilhelm's commentary. When a man is a wanderer and stranger, he should not be gruff nor overbearing. He has no large circle of acquaintances, therefore he should not give himself airs. He must be cautious and reserved. In this way, he protects himself from evil. If he is obliging toward others, he wins success. A wanderer has no fixed abode. His home is the road. Therefore, he must take care to remain upright and steadfast so that he sojourns only in the proper places, associating only with good people. Then he has good fortune and can go his way unmolested. Wow. All right. So what it's telling us there is to approach this properly, you have to have the right source. Ah, right? I love it. Yes, absolutely. You know what I've been harping about. And, that's, uh, <laughs> and also not to tell a lot of people about this as you study it. Keep wow. it to yourself a little bit. You don't want to have a large circle of acquaintances. This is your tool to use as you wish. 
Then we have what's known as an image. Should I keep going with this, Mark? Yeah, we'll you do, know? like just another minute or so. We'll summarize okay. it for him. Um, because we have what's, you know, it says, thus the superior man is clear-minded and cautious, and and you don't, it says, and protects no lawsuits, which means you don't, you're not slanderous, you're just approaching it to learn about it. Now we go, because we had moving lines, as they're known, as the fifth and the sixth line. I'll take it very quickly here. Yeah. You, what you do when you have old yin or old yang, it turns into another hexagram. And so we have uh, sixth and the fifth place means he shoots a pheasant and drops it with the first arrow. In the end, this brings both praise and office. So what this says is that back in the old days, it was the habit of people who were uh, wanderers to bring presents to people they didn't know, like the prince or whatever, right? Mm, yes. And th- and this is done on the first shot, which means you know what you're doing. You're practiced. Oh. So in other words, don't do readings for people until you know what you're doing. I love right? that. Yes. And, and I'll just kind of jump uh, ahead because people can, but you can see the advice that's being given here, right? Now, what this turns into is another hexagram, which is still the mountain below again, and then Dwi, which is a lake at the top. Okay, so we go to our trusty um, little here, here, and you look, and you say, okay, we have Dwi, and we have uh, again, and we see that it's the 31st hexagram. So you go to the real hammer, and this is the part that sometimes people get a little frustrated with. It just takes practice. That's all it takes, right? Yes, 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 and good teaching. Okay, and this is called influence or wooing. Now, let me just cut to the chase. Um, this says, if you approach the I Ching properly, essentially, the image of this is a lake on the mountain, the, influ- the image of influence. Thus, the superior person, and that's anyone who approaches the I Ching with respect, encourages people to approach him or her by our resi- ready, and their readiness is to receive him. So what that means is, if you, how do you approach the I Ching? Piece at a time, you study it, you practice it, you deal with respect, you don't make a big deal out of it to other people, and eventually one day people begin coming to you for readings. Oh my gosh! So the whole thing is in that whole story is telling people that are listening now to uh, to make this a personal journey and to get right. to and 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 it's okay to do readings for yourself, but you make it personal. You don't go guess what I'm doing right. or you know like I can find out. I'll ask the eating tonight. You you develop that over time. And how many classes mode do you think it would get somebody to that? I did one um, last year. It was just very introductory, just to teach people how to use the oracle. And it really took about, I think I did it in, in three classes, from beginning, the first class, just how to get a hexagram. The second class was, you know, how to kind of figure out what's what in the moving lines and what it turns into. And the third one was how to interpret it. So I can teach it on a very keep it simple mo level, in three sessions, but it takes three sessions. Nice. I love that. And, and all they need is a book and three coins. Three coins. And I, I tell people, once you buy the Wilhelm Reich book, buy as many other books as you want, <laughs> because, you know, that's what you're going to do anyway. Right? I'm Everyone because you that. said Reich again. <laughs> yeah, oh, Wilhelm, uh, Wilhelm Baines. Baines, yeah. Wilhelm Baines. Uh, I'm thinking it. Orgone Energy today. So. I love it. That's so good. Yeah, once they buy the Wilhelm Baines book, what was your point? I didn't mean to take you off. That's the only oh, one they'll need. That- 
I think it's in when they'll need, but there is this thing about buying more books to get different opinions. And sometimes you can find some pretty good ones. Um, you had a book, I still have it, by Mondo Sector, and uh, not a real name, obviously, on, on the I Ching. I don't know. I don't think it's available anymore, but it was actually a very good book. The yeah. guy really knew what he was talking about. And, and there are good books. And any book, however, what you have to realize, unless the person writing the book has translated it from the, in, from the Chinese specifically, then what you're reading is an interpretation of Wilhelm Baines. Ah, gotcha. So might as well go to the original book to begin with and then go from there. Yeah, and it's not a scary book, you guys. It's actually really lovely. Yeah, but Mo said there's a whole section of it you don't even have to read. Uh, with the commentaries, right? Is that what it was? The, the middle part. Now, that's the part that I studied for like five years. Yes. Because that tells you why it is what it is and why it works. Oh, gotcha. But most people aren't interested in that and aren't as sick as I am. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's what teachers are for. Yeah. So, Mo, um, all right, we're going to – what we can do with this information then is uh, look for your class to be posted. I think by now – this is a – we've pre-recorded this so that we could have some um, – because we both are so busy is the bottom line. And so – to by today, them listening, you probably have the class, and we're going to ask that we get that posted in the in the chat room right now. Right. And um, it'll be posted at one two academy. And it'll also be posted at one two academy dot com. And this would be an introduction to the I Ching, but you will have enough knowledge to to hang up that phone and start doing oracles for yourself to understand right. how the I Ching works, right? And then, um, right. So you'll get all the details of that out now, Mo. Other than the I Ching, the things that I'm hoping, and I'm just going to say these out loud and you tell me if there's other ones you had i never knew if you ever went into numerology did you ever are you a big i did person oh, yeah. yeah and do you appreciate it, it actually numerology? is the foundation of most everything else we do so sure I, I i'm into that okay so we need a class on that mo and we're going to do a show on that <laughs> we need, what else we need a class on the oh geomancy which i have no clue oh, i i almost uh, went there with you but what do you still feel about that you still have feelings about geomancy? It, it works i love it it, it gets complicated quickly. The original version is very simple. It actually is a Western version of the I Ching. Oh, um, the, okay. the Arabs actually are the ones who really made geomancy, geomancy popular. And uh, the Golden Dawn talks about it quite a bit. And then there's an astrological geomancy where you cast charts with 12 houses. And oh my God, I was into that for a long time. Wow. It was using astrological geomancy that I predicted the fall of Gorbachev while he was still in yes, power. Yes. And uh, it just blew me away when it happened because at the time he seemed invincible. I see, and I remember your love of geomancy at the time, and it sounds so much like necromancy. I think it scares people, but it's nothing right. related, right? I mean, there's no, no, not... no, no. Yeah, I know. Any, the word mancy means prediction, uh, named after Mantis, who was a great predictor, as in praying mantis, right? Oh, I love it. Uh, so when we say cleromancy is using dice, and and cartomancy is using playing cards, um, all the mancies just mean um, divination. Okay, I gotcha. That's so good. So there's a lot. And then you got into palmistry? Yes, oh, I've been doing that for a long time. A long time. Yeah. So see, you guys, this is why we have to pick his brain, and we're starting with the I Ching. And then um, next time we have a show with Mo, we'll we'll uncover one of the other oracles. Mo, people can find you at One Two Listen. What about yes. um, where is the most? Is that the most fun place to find you, or is there like do you have a website that you play on? I I have a I have my well, but you know my basic. Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash 
Motaro, M-O-T-A-R-O-T. That'll take you to my page. Um, I have a website that I don't do much with. It's just so it's so people can find out that I'm real and not figuring them out <laughs> imagination. You know? uh, yes. Now, do you I do, actually do everything through Facebook. You now, do everything so. through Facebook. And people, um, a newsletter yet? You getting together on one? I'm I'm supposed to be. So yes, with your help, I'm sure I'll be able to work that out. So a way that people can leave their name to you, so you can make announcements about what you're up to next, because I think this is going to be very important in your work coming up. I so, think the best thing yeah. for, they just come to Facebook and like me. There you go. I think that's a great way to stay in touch. Absolutely, too. Good mo. That's perfect. So you guys, you just heard a little corner a segment of the brilliance of uh, Mo Abdelbaki, who is, I've known Mo, I don't even know how far back we go. I think he was 13, I was 14, you know, now we're 40s, whatever. Um, so, But we go back and it has been really a fun journey. And I really have always, always, always admired the, that kid in school who does all the hard work for you and then makes you look good because they tell you what they learned in the summary. That's what a teacher is, really. So thank you, Mo, for all that. And Thank um, you, Mo. Yeah, I hope we're going to do it again. Again, you guys, thanks for tuning in. This is Mark Hussam with Mo, Master Mo, who has a show. Mo, your show now is Wednesdays at uh, 9 Pacific. 10 a.m. Oh, yeah, 9 9 a.m. 9 9 a.m. Pacific Pacific time. It's called um, Out of Mo's Mind uh, on Wednesdays right before the Psychic Cat. So, boy, what a lineup. And right after Jamie Dawn. So it's a nice, sweet lineup. Erica's there. Wednesdays are just powerhouses at 1-2 Radio, as it's all becoming. Mo, thanks so much for sharing your wisdom. Can't wait to be in that class. This is going to be so fun to uncover. You guys, come back next week when we uh, have another uh, One Too Many Voices show. And then right after me, on Thursday is the amazing Laura Lozano in Laura Out Loud, followed by Heather Hildebrand. You know, we just have the best lineup in the world. And you guys, thank you. You make it very possible. I'll be doing another class on just the rising sign and the sun and the moon. And I'm not sure if they'll be together or separate, but check one to Academy to see if my class is up there next to Mo's twirling around. I'd also like to give a very special Thank you to C.A. Brooks, who has shown incredible dedication, 365 days a year, putting up those Course in Miracles daily lessons at 8 a.m. Pacific Time every single morning. And thank you, Jay Elizabeth, for being such an incredible support person to that project, as well as many others behind the scenes at 1-2 Radio. I heard once the phrase, it takes a village to raise a child, and I'm sure it has many variations. But that's how I feel with One Two Radio. I feel like it takes a village to make this work. It is certainly not my work. It is the work of the passionate people around me. It is the visionaries, the brave ones, the people who put themselves on the line each day, each week, just to be here, to spread a word that might illuminate or give some light to whatever's happening. I want you to remember that as things can seem volatile with Mars and Aries and Uranus and Aries and... Even with a new Pope, sometimes things can just get um, make us feel a little insecure. And that's what One Two Radio is dedicating itself to. So if you have ideas, if there's something you need to make you feel better or something that you think would make the station better, please don't hesitate to write us at Mark at One Two Radio or staff at One Two Radio, anyone at One Two Radio, uh, and we'll answer it. Thank you so much for all that you do. From my heart to yours. This is Mark Hussin, and this is One Too Many Voices. Talk to you next week. Bye now.